and welcome back to Rank Amateur. Today in Rank Amateur we are going over the Tier 6 uh, Premium Pan-Asian Destroyer, the Anshan, in the spirit of the new year. Although I got the ship in the um, uh, in the Christmas uh, containers actually, and in just a normal Santa container, oddly enough. Uh, but in the spirit of the Lunar New Year, which has just occurred yesterday I believe, um, we will be going over a Pan-Asian ship. Uh, and before we actually go over the Lo Yang in game or in real life, which it did exist or not, not the, I said the Lo Yang. No, I do not have the Lo Yang. We're going over the Anshan. Yes, the Anshan existed in real life. And before we go over that, we're going to go over the uh, new updates in World of Warships. Update 12.0. 12.0. Um, little bit disappointed with this update, not going to lie. Um... It's gonna sound stupid, but they didn't update the dragon port. They didn't update the dragon port. Why? Why did you update New York, a port that absolutely no one uses, with a? I mean, it, I guess the sunset's kind of cool in New York now, but like, still, why did you update that and not update the the dragon port with lunar New York or uh, decorations? That is like one of my favorite ports in World of Warships is the lunar New Year uh, era. Um, or, uh, decorated dragon port. It just looks awesome. Like, why did you not decorate it? It's completely boring. Like, bro. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh, yeah, art department totally dropped the ball this update. Um, I, I get they are just commissioned to do certain, uh, um, uh, artwork and things like that, but Jesus, they dropped the ball. <laughs> the new port looks all right. New York looks all right. I mean, I guess it's because the new battleships are coming in. They've updated the port of New York to celebrate. I mean, it's like, it's all right. I mean, the sun, the lighting school, that's about it. It's pretty boring otherwise. Um, and then, uh, skipping over a few things to going to the, uh, flag changes where they, um, change the animation of the flags. Um, in World of Warships and made them look absolutely horrendous. Uh, I don't normally say this about any anything arts uh, related because I know there's a ton of work that goes into um, art in World of Warships and things like that. So I really, if I don't have anything nice to say, I tend just not to say it because I mean, really, there's no point in it. But they look terrible, though. Like this, I'll make an exception here. They just look awful. It, they. I mean, before they were all right. I mean, they were always blowing at a like a consistent rate. So I mean, that was a bit unrealistic. But I mean, they looked pretty good. And then, uh, then now they changed it. So they're just jumping around all weird and everything like that. They added more points of like animation um, to 
the uh, flags and made them much more active. And they just, like, a real flag that's on a warship is going to be a very large, very thick, and very heavy flag. So it's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, blow back and forth very slowly, kind of majestically, uh, if you will. It, it doesn't really move that fast unless the wind is really, really whipping. Like, um, if you're on, like, a 40-knot destroyer or, a, I guess, maybe a 30-knot battleship, then, then yes, it's going to go start whipping around. But it's going to go mainly straight. It's not going to, like, whip side to side like a... Yeah, like like a whip. It just the movement doesn't look realistic. It looks really fake. I mean, the flags like physically look good. Like they do look a little bit different, maybe a little bit more canvasy. But like, yeah, it's just. I mean, a small part of the update. But holy man, no, <laughs> no, that was not a good idea. Um, yeah. So that those are the two things that have really disappointed me about the update is the fact that the dragon port isn't updated, which I guess is kind of you know just a me thing, and. Uh, uh, that the flags are just terrible now. I mean, feel free to email me with your comments about actually I'd like to see what you think about the new flags and the uh, Dragon port not being updated, but um, Yeah, that's that's that but um, in update 12.0 they're gonna have a new temporary battle type or well re-emerging temporary battle type uh, airship escorts um, Airship escort. I really didn't like it um, when it first came out uh, it was really, I played like a few battles and just, I just, I couldn't really get it, didn't really like the game mode, and just kind of went back to randoms, but now I have taken a second look at it, I actually, actually really enjoy it, um, obviously it's definitely a game mode where close quarters combat is kind of like supreme and stuff like that, and I have a decent amount of ships that are excel in close quarters combat, so like Napoli and Palmer and things like that, I mean, you guys know this, I have episodes on those. Uh, ships, but um, yeah, I really like it. Actually, Montana's really good at this too, just because it's so tanky and has like a huge broadside. Uh, so this is this is kind of the opposite of operations. Actually, um, high DPM doesn't really mean anything here. It's just all about heavy alpha in um, airship escorts. Um, yeah, so that I mean that's fun. Bring heavy alpha. Bring near secondary. Uh, ships, close quarters ships, and then you, sh you should have a pretty good time uh, in. Uh, airship escort uh japanese cruisers in the tech tree yep these are all over the place now um I, actually i really sh really shouldn't say all over the place i mean they're pretty um yeah they're pretty common to see now but they're not like super excessive like some lines are when they come out um people are voicing their uh disappointment with the tier 10 however the yudo or the yodo one of the two or maybe a completely different pronunciation i have uh, I'm not quite sure on that, but people are voicing their disappointments about that ship because it apparently does not live up to the expectations. I think was I have like a 12 second reload on a 155 millimeter guns and an absolutely astronomical shell flight time, terrible maneuverability and concealment. I think I don't know what there is to like about that. That just sounds like a downgraded Soviet cruiser. Oh wait, it can't hit anything because the uh, shell velocity is super bad. Um, yeah, so it. <laughs> It seems to be kind of like a combination between an American and Soviet ship, and they got the bad characteristics of both. Um, I don't personally think they're that bad. Uh, of course, I ha I can't really say anything about them because I've only played them like a few times, and that's at lower tiers where actually the ships are supposed to be pretty good. Uh, this is kind of the opposite of the lines that have been introduced lately in World of Warships as they got better um, as the tiers went up. They actually kind of got worse in World of Warships as the tiers went up. Uh, the Igano, Gokasi, and Amano are supposed to be pretty good. And then you get to Shinamato, Takahashi, and Yodo, and it kind of trails off from there and just not super great. Uh, so... Or, or at least that's what people are saying. I haven't actually had a chance to get in there and really evaluate these ships too much. 
Uh, but yeah, so overall op opening opinions, not very good. Uh, these may be like kind of like the French battleships or whatever, where they're just uh, not received very well by a, by a decent portion of the player base. Obviously, you got people who love them. Um, and then uh, people find that maybe you have to play them a bit differently or something like that, and that's uh, they're actually kind of good, or maybe something changes in the game that makes them good. Uh, but for now, it does not look like they're super favorable. Kind of like a maybe harking back to like the Dutch ships just not being super great. Um, torpedoes, though, torpedoes are very good in these. Uh, 12.0 kicks off the Lunar New Year and the introduction of a unique Pan Asian commander, uh, Commander Josh, uh, Jobing, or Sa Jobing. I think that's, or, no, Sa Zhenbing, uh, something like that. But he's got skills for aircraft carriers, battleships, and cruisers and destroyers, as most <laughs> unique commanders do. Uh, improved engine boost, 7.75% to engine boost action time for squadrons, uh, instead of 5% uh, for aircraft carriers. For battleships, you got emergency repair specialists, minus 4% to the cooldown of damage control party and repair party consumables, instead of minus 3%, and vigilance has a 35% torpedo acquisition range instead of the standard 25%. For cruisers and destroyers, the consumables enhancement 12, is 12.5% uh, to consumable action time instead of standard 10%. And the unique talents are high alert, activates once per battle upon earning the combat scout achievement to reduce the squadron preparation and main battery gun reload times by 20%, which is a pretty big buff. Torpedo Attack Expert act activates once per battle upon hitting enemy ships with torpedoes six times and increases the torpedo speed by 5%. Reduces torpedo reload booster con consumable cooldown by 25% and adds one charge of this consumable. An Emergency Supplies activates after every, every 1,500 HP of potential damage earned and reduces consumable cooldown time by 6.5%. So it seems like a bit of a combination between um, Jersey Swirsky and, uh, yeah, I know I'm not pronouncing that right, I just like to pronounce it that way, um, and the uh, French commander who I'm not going to try to pronounce, like Philippe uh, Abigneau or something like that, I don't know. That was my best attempt, I'm sorry. Um, yep, yeah, new containers and things like that you can get in the Lunar New Year event, uh, so yeah, there's that. Uh, yes, and of course we have the early access to U.S. hybrid battleships in update 12.0. Uh, the up the patch notes go into great detail about this. Uh, I'm reading off them right now. Uh, new U.S. Uh, tier 8 to 10 hybrid battleships hit the season early access in update 12.0. And uh, that's all they say about it. So yeah, I mean... Or led the guests about the characteristics of these ships. Um, so notable feature is that they are literally just copy paste Mon uh, North Carolina, Iowa, and Montana hulls. That is literally what they are. You can, it, it, they are exactly the same. Uh, the gun layouts are mostly the same. Uh, both or the Delaware does, or the Nebraska doesn't have a rear turret. The Delaware has two guns in the rear, I believe, and the Louisiana has four. So yes, these are these ships are HE fodder. Uh, they do take a lot of HE damage, uh, obviously because of their enormous superstructures and things like that. However, however, um, they are, v at least from my scene, very very potent uh, in their damage output. Uh, extremely accurate, or at least from what I've seen and experienced, extremely accurate guns, and uh, the ability to launch planes, obviously. Uh, so if you can't spot anything, no big deal, just launch your planes, go hit them with some Tiny Tim rockets, and then you can spot them again. Uh, and then they'll be spotted again for your extremely accurate main battery guns. 
Um, I remember trying to fight a Louisiana when it was still in super testing um, in its final iteration uh, in my Des Moines, and he was routinely landing 10k salvos. Um, just I literally couldn't avoid it. It was just pinpoint accurate, and uh, really did my best with throttle jig and everything. I mean, this guy, had, granted, this guy had good aim, but like just routinely 10k salvos, 10k salvos, 10k salvos. I just I literally ended up stop fi uh, firing at him and trying to move over to the other edge of the map because I just I could not deal with the dude. Uh, there was just he was he would hit me from just outside my range. Uh, it was, so when I slowed down to try and see if he would uh, step into my range so I can just get some farming off of him, just would not do it. And um, yeah, I mean these things are looking really, really, really strong. Maybe a little bit too strong. Uh, so we'll see how that pans out in the later portions of the update, and especially when they get introduced in the World of Warships. But uh, yeah, there's that. Um, yep, so Rank Battle Season 10 updates, uh, runs to the end of Update 12.1. Bronze League is going to be Tier 6, Silver League is Tier 8, Gold League is Tier 9 to 10. Uh, brawls are happening again, they're going to be as Tier 8 ships in a 6v6 format. Uh, and so uh, that's going to be... Um, Oh, it doesn't have a date for that, unfortunately. So that there's no set date for that uh, yet. It's going to be coming in a little bit, though. Um, they have buffed the, the or in game balance changes, they buffed the Marlboro, they uh, buffed the Renown, uh, the Buffalo, the uh, Dillon, and the Sejong. Um, so the Marlboro has re received an increased uh, amount of damage received by hull parts and restored by repair party consumables, been increased by from 50 to 60 percent main battery reload time of renown has been decreased from 26 to 25 seconds uh the buffalo has had a 0.5 a second reload buff from 11.5 to 11 seconds honestly that ship is so terrible it really needs more than that it needs a lot of love from the developers because that is that is quite possibly one of the worst ships i've had to play i mean i don't know if it's quite omaha levels of bad but at least omaha dpm and damage output and torpedoes and stuff like that i'm Buffalo doesn't have any. It's just a big chalky ship with a slow reload. Uh, Pan Asian Tier 9 Cruiser Delon uh, has a, a 0.3 second reload buff from 5.5 to 5.2, and Sejong has uh, the same reload buff from 5.5 to 5.2. They changed the combat instructions for super ships, and they nerfed some ships and buffed some, or nerfed some aspects and buffed some other aspects, so we'll see what you think about this. Uh, me and my friends are not particularly fond of the, these uh, changes with the super ships, but we'll see. Uh, so, Hanover, number of qualified gunshots to um, proc the... Uh, enhanced combat instructions uh, reduced from 12 to 10. Satsuma, the same thing, has been reduced from 12 to 10. The inactivity period after which adjustment fire progress now starts uh, resetting has been reduced from 50 to 45 seconds. So you're going to have to shoot a little bit sooner and land some more shots before it starts reducing the accuracy. Uh, after this time, progress will now decrease more rapidly by 20% instead of 16.7%. Uh, Admiral Ushakov, the number of qualified gunshots has been reduced from 12 to 10. The inactivity period after which adjustment fire now progresses has been reduced from 60 to 50 seconds. After this time, progress will now increase or now decrease more slowly from by 15% instead of 16.7%. So Admiral Ushakov largely been buffed. I don't think that ship needed any buff. But, uh, oh well. I mean, it, I don't think any of that's going to be necessarily game-breaking, but, uh, yeah. Definitely a buff to ships that didn't need it. 
there's now ASW armament for Dutch cruisers, finally. Except they had a depth charge instead of depth charge pl uh, planes. So, you know, uh, Dutch cruisers always getting, um, <laughs> you know, getting the shafted. <laughs> So, tier 5 at the sleigh base, you got 2,000 maximum damage. Tier 6, 2,000. Tier 7, 2,000. Tier 8. Tier 8 has only 2,000 damage on the depth charge. Tier 9 is 5,000. Tier 10 is 5,000. Number of charges is 2 all the way around. Bombs per charge uh, for the sleigh base is going to be 4. Tier 6 is 4. Tier 7 is 6. Tier 8 is 8. Tier 9 is only 4. Tier 10 is also only 4. And a 40 second reload time across the board. Uh, so yeah, uh, there, there's that. Also, they've made changes to, uh, to the composition of enemy ships to reduce the complexity of uh, both Operation Hermes and Operation Aegis. Uh, thank you very much for that, because those operations were, were, were not fun to play, we'll say that. I uh, did not particularly like those two operations, and they seem to be the operation I always get, so I really, uh, really didn't like that. Also, uh, uh, real quick, the Armory is, uh, welcoming the... Uh, tier 9 Commonwealth Cruiser Hector, which is essentially a uh, Colbert, and uh, it's it's Commonwealth. Yeah, so it's uh, it's based on the Dido class, allegedly. Although it looks nothing like the Dido class. It looks like a Colbert. That's Commonwealth. So, yeah. Uh, it's got four quadruple tube torpedo launchers, 14 133mm guns. That's a weird caliber for a British gun. Uh, housed in seven turrets. Um... Good launching sectors, I mean, gun batteries deal high damage per minute, uh, low, armor, low damage and armor penetration on them, though. Uh, good concealment uh, and maneuverability, small HP pool, weak armor, uh, has access to damage control party, repair party, and uh, crawling smoke generator, and DFAA, or short-range hydroacoustic search. And there's a choice between DFAA and short-range hydroacoustic search. And I mean, it looks it looks decent. Uh, I've seen a few of these around there. I don't... I mean... It, it doesn't have a heel, which kind of uh, hinders it. Uh, new patches and things like that, and camouflages and flags, of course. And then the routine amount of um, uh, combat uh, or uh, other changes that don't affect combat, we'll say. And the biggest one is the the flags. And they say the movement is now more realistic. I would disagree with that, Wargaming. That is not more realistic. Yeah, so there there's that. Anyways, so let's get in to the naval history section of this episode on Anshan. And what's interesting about the Anshan is not only is it a real ship, but it is actually a ship that you can visit today. It is a museum ship in the People's Republic of China uh, in the city of Qingdao. Uh, so it's a major city in the uh, eastern Shandong province. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, preserved alongside, I believe, most if not all of its sister ships in the uh, Anshan class destroyer um, or Anshan class of destroyers and this is uh, when four uh, Navy class destroyers were transferred to the People's uh, Liberation Army Navy in uh, 1955 to uh, uh, bolster the uh, Chinese Navy and this was a large deal included other minesweepers and things like that um, that because of the uh, friendly relations that were going on between the China and the Soviet Union at the time. So yes, this I mean it is is basically a Gennady class destroyer, uh, and, and that characteristic carries over to World of Warships as well. So uh, it was laid down as they record me uh, in the Soviet shipyard 327 in Vladivostok, or 
no, excuse me, a Soviet shipyard 202 in Vladivostok. Uh, it was laid down in 1936, September 25th. Um, launched in 1939, completed in 1941, and then transferred to the People's Liberation Army Navy on July 6, 1955. Uh, she's named Anshan, after the Anshan city in the Lanning province in China. Uh, she was uh, reclassified as a guided missile destroyer in 1974 because uh, her tor torpedo tubes were removed in favor of guided missile launchers. And um, she became a museum, sh or she was stricken from the Naval Register in 1986, became a museum ship in 1992, and has been serving in that capacity ever since. She has a displacement of 1,612 long tons standard and 2,039 uh, tons deep load. She has a length of 370 feet 1 inch, or 112.8 meters, a beam of 33 feet 6 inch, or 10.2 meters, and a draft of 4.8 uh, meters, or 15 feet 9 inches, which I believe is kind of deep for her destroyer. She has an installed power of 48,000 shaft horsepower, which is provided by three water tube boilers. She has uh, two shafts, and they're powered by two geared steam turbines. Uh, the speed was listed at 38 knots, and the range was 2,720 nautical miles at 19 knots. Uh, the complement was 197, or 236 wartime complement. Uh, she possessed a Mars hydrophone and various radar processing systems that did change over her career uh, for her sensors and processing systems, and the armament consisted of four single 130mm 5.1 or 5.1 inch Soviet guns. Uh, these were very numerous guns. This is uh, the 50 caliber B-13 Pattern 1936 uh, variation. Uh, it was their standard destroyer weapon in World War II. Uh, and also a uh, large uh, land gun that they often used, as, as well as for coastal defense. Uh, she carried two single 76.2mm uh, AA guns, two single 45mm anti-aircraft guns, and uh, one single 12.7mm uh, anti-aircraft machine gun. She had two triple 533mm torpedo tubes. She could carry 60 to 95 mines or 25 depth charges as well. Uh, for anti-submarine operations. So to say that this ship was a bit outdated when the Chinese had it was a, a bit of an understatement, although they did provide some modernizations to it, although not many. So, uh, yes. So uh, it was decided that uh, the uh, Soviet Union had bet, built too many uh, large 40-knot Leningrad-class destroyers. Uh, as you remember, Leningrad was kind of like a destroyer leader, uh, just shy of being a light cruiser. Uh, built before World War II, so the Soviet Navy decided uh, to seek Italian assistance and actually build uh, some cheaper, smaller, uh, more more economical all-around destroyers. Uh, so they licensed plas or plans for the Fulgore class of uh, Italian destroyers and modified it for their purposes, and then... Um, uh, you know, added some more things, and then uh, out came the Gennady-class destroyers, so... Um, yeah, that that was uh, interesting, and it, it was, the Soviet Union actually did this a lot, buying Italian designs, uh, because they were usually a pretty good, reliable, balanced design, and the Soviet Union's found them to be uh, pretty pretty good for uh, adding modifications onto them, so, like I said, this happened a lot. I believe this actually was going to happen with uh, the Napoli. The Napoli was, as in World of Warships, was originally going to be given to the Soviet Union, but they refused it, so I think their their plan was, or World of Warships' plan was that uh, the Regina Marina, uh, Regina Marina, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, um, was uh, going to commission it into their navy instead, uh, so yeah. 
Uh, and also that happened with the, uh, I think, Sovetsky Soyuz, I believe, was designed with Italian assistance as well. Uh, yeah, so lots of Italian-Soviet cooperation there. Um, uh, yeah. So in 1959, uh, or 1955, the Rikordny, uh was commissioned into the People's Liberation Army Navy, renamed Anshan. Um, she was transferred with... Uh, like I said, three other Genevni-class destroyers, uh, as far as and as well as large numbers of submarines, minesweepers, and torpedo boots—torpedo uh, boots, torpedo boats—to uh, bolster the coastal navy of the Chinese uh, uh, army. Which is kind of weird because the Chinese uh, army is in charge of the Chinese navy. It's re really strange, but uh, that's the way it is over there. Uh, so the uh, ship was um, assigned pennant number 101, and she served for 38 years in the PLAN. Uh, she was visited by nine foreign dignitaries as well as two Chinese leaders, uh, Zhou Ennali and Deng Xiaoping. Or Xiaoping? Okay, something, something like that. However, she did serve a fairly uneventful career. Uh, didn't really see much action or anything like that. So uh, she was decommissioned in uh, 1992 or um, 1986 or 1992. There's two different sources here that uh, are both decently reliable and say different numbers. So uh, we'll we'll go somewhere in between there. We'll what we should take the mean of 1988 or something like that. 1989, uh, and she's uh, now anchored at the Naval Museum at King. Uh, now. So, yeah, that's the history of the Anshan. Uh, she was modernized with guided missile launchers, so uh, thank goodness she doesn't have those in World of Warships, so she'd be a bit overpowered. Um, but yes, uh, decently fast destroyer, um, pretty capable for her time, although a little bit outdated when it saw Chinese service. And uh, yeah, that is it in World of Warships. Or in, in naval history, onto it in World of Warships. So, I uh, just want to start it off by saying I really want to get the uh, the premium camouflage for the uh, Anshan as it looks awesome. It's got that like Chinese dragon on the side and it kind of glows. I really like when they have those designs. Uh, that's why I bought the southern dragon. But uh, Anshan. So there has been uh, th there's interesting um, torpedo uh, choices for the Anshan here because the Anshan was actually introduced before the uh, Pan Asian destroyers got their like typical torpedo traits. So it has a choice between two different torpedoes uh, that are both actually uh, short-range torpedoes. Or not short-range torpedoes, um, they're both uh, shallow water torpedoes. They can hit everything. They don't do as much damage and aren't as stealthy as the uh, standard deep water torpedoes that uh, like something like the Fushun, which is a tech tree destroyer, would have. But they can hit everything. And you have a choice between two of them. Uh, there's four kilometer variety, which have a 70 second reel and a 65 knot top speed, 1.3 kilometer uh, conceal. Or you have the 79 second reload ones. They have a speed of 60 knots and a detectability of 1.2 kilometers. I believe the four kilometer ones do more damage. Oh, nope, they do the same damage. So I really, 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 really highly recommend going with the eight kilometer ones because the four kilometer ones are unusable in the extreme. All right, so we have those four 130 millimeter uh, 50 caliber mark or model 1936 on a B-13 2C mount. Um, by the way, this is no uh, just, uh, upgrades or, or uh, commander skills or anything have applied here. This is just stock. The reload time is your standard five seconds. The rate of fire is now going to be 12.0 um, RPM. 
that is rounds per minute for uh, those of you who um, maybe aren't as familiar with this. Uh, 180 return time is a pretty abysmal 30 seconds. However, it is an ex-Soviet destroyer, so that's kind of what you expect. Sigma is 2.0. Maximum dispersion horizontal is 105 meters. Maximum dispersion vertical is 63 meters. Now, the 130mm HE has a raw DPM of uh, pretty... Uh, Pretty mediocre, if not disappointing, 91,200. Maximum damage is 1,900, which I believe is pretty decent. I believe that's actually enhanced. Um, and has 870 meters second top speed, which is pretty good. Shell weight is 33 kilograms. Depth explosion, 2 meters. HD penetration of 22 millimeters, which remember, since this is a lower tier, that is actually going to pen a decent amount of armor. I believe uh, most battleships have 20... I think they have 25 millimeter uh, bows and stern. So you, if we're running IFHE, you would be able to pen a lot for that. Uh, burn probability is a decent 7%. Um, and... Uh, that means you're going to have a per salvo fire chance of 25.2% and a fires per minute of 3.02. The 8P DPM is better at 120,000, although it's still not very good. Uh, the maximum damage is 2,500, which is pretty decent. Uh, the low DPM is largely attributed to the fact that the ship only has four guns. Uh, the in initial shell velocity is the same at 870 meters a second. The shell weight is 34 kilograms, ricochet standard 45 to 60 degrees, depth explosion is 1 meter, overmatch is 9 millimeters, and uh, th arming threshold is 22 millimeters with the fuse timer of 0.01 seconds. Um, this AP here is actually very good. It's that Soviet high velocity, low arcing AP, and it is pretty good at citadeling destroyers. So, yeah, it is... Um, it is pretty good. And the firing angles uh, backwards are pretty pretty decent. Uh, pretty good. Forwards, uh, they leave a bit to be desired, certainly. Uh, but they're, they're usable. Torpedoes. We're going to use the 8-kilometer ones. They have a range of 8 kilometers, obviously. Maximum damage of 14,400. 79-second reload time. 60-knot top speed. 1.2-kilometer detectability range. Reaction time of 7.4 seconds. And chance of causing flooding of 240%. The torpedo aiming arcs are average at best. I mean, I, I still kind of think they're a little bit bad, but they're certainly not Japanese bad, although they're kind of close. Uh, a defense is laughable. There is nothing here. 94 DPS in the medium range aura. There is no long range aura. It is literally just 94 DPS. Um, yeah, no flak or anything like that, so it, it's pretty bad. Um, survivability, 14,400 hit points, which is, uh, average for the tier. Um, number of fires you can have is four. Uh, they'll do 1,296 damage. They have a, um, 23.3% chance, uh, probability reduction for the hull. And, uh, they last 30 seconds, obviously. Flooding is 40 seconds, and number of floods is two. They'll do 1,440, uh, uh, damage per flood. There's no torpedo damage reduction as this is a destroyer. It takes full torpedo damage. The concealment, however, is pretty good. 6.98 kilometers. That's pretty nice. After firing main guns and smoke, that'll go up to 2.73 kilometers. When on fire, that's 8.98 kilometers. Uh, from the air, you'll be seen 2.88 kilometers away. 
the maximum speed is a prototypically accurate 38 knots. So that's pretty good. Uh, certainly not like blazing fast, but like def definitely usable, definitely workable. Uh, power to weight ratio is 20 horsepower per ton. The turning circle radius is 610 meters, and the rudder shift time is 4.4 seconds. So pretty maneuverable, but um, by like all ship standards, although it is a little bit slow to turn for, for uh, low tier destroyer standards, um, not too bad, still pretty workable. Um, as far as upgrades, we're going to run main armaments mod 1, then we're going to run uh, engineer and protection, and then uh, you have a choice here. You can either run aiming systems modification 1, main battery modification 2, just to reduce that turret traverse time. Uh, aiming systems makes your guns more accurate, by the way, for those of you not super familiar with World of Warships. Or torpedo tubes modification 1, which increases torpedo speed, reduces the chance um, that torpedo tubes become uh, incapacitated or or and increases the torpedo tubes traverse speed so yes this uh that's a viable modification although i either i'd recommend going with the main gun modifications as is uh or it tends to be a gunboat destroyer uh you in the fourth slot you could go with, go with prop mod uh one or but i'd prefer to go with steering gears mod one uh just to ensure that i have uh, proper dodging capabilities uh, by the way, you get uh, standard damage control party, standard uh, engine boost, and uh, pretty standard smokescreen, 81 second dispersion time, 3 consumables, uh, 160 second reload time, and a 20 second action time. So this is not the Panation smoke, this is just kind of like a generic off the shelf smoke, um, because this ship was introduced before the Panation ships were actually introduced into World of Warships. Um, as far as uh, commander skills go, uh, normally I recommend taking uh, preventative maintenance first. I'm going to recommend taking greasy gears because that uh, turret first time is so bad. Uh, then we're going to take last stand. Then we're going to take uh, survivability expert and then concealment expert uh, for our first 10 points. Then we're going to go back and take adrenaline rush. And then uh, you can go with swift and silence if you want. Um... Or, or Fearless Brawler if you really want to. I mean, IFHE is probably going to be pretty useful for you. So uh, for most people, I recommend IFHE just so you can uh, ensure that you pen 27 millimeters of armor to give you a chance of dealing with higher tier ships and certainly devastating battles, or maybe not devastating, but certainly annoying battleships at your tier. Uh, that is going to kill your fire chance, however, so you have a 3.5% chance of fire, and you might get 1.59 fires per minute. That's that's your expected number of fires uh, per minute. Um, I don't recommend superintendents. I uh, would definitely go for priority targets. Uh, I would go for adrenaline rush first, but if you want to go for priority target ahead of IFHE, that's definitely valid. Uh, so that's going to leave us three points to deal with. Um you can uh, go with main battery AA specialist, certainly something to argue for there. Um, but uh, yeah, that is uh, pretty much Anshan there. That's your full 25-point build. Uh, pretty simple, kind of generic destroyer build. Uh, nothing too special here. Uh, and then as far as flags are concerned, you can go Juliet Charlie uh, for the magazine detonation prevention, Sierra Mike for speed, November Foxtrot for consumables, although this thing doesn't really have that many consumables, so and it's not for super reliance on them, so you don't have to run that if you need to conserve those flags. Uh, India X-Ray for fire chance, Victor Lima for fire chance, and Juliet Whiskey, Whiskey for flooding chance. And then uh, that's that's pretty much it. I don't really recommend uh, the uh, smokescreen consumable here because the smokescreen isn't really that great, and there's other ships that could probably use it more. Uh, yeah, that's I mean that's pretty much all the signals you really need on this ship. It's not it, 
it's not a super demanding ship as far as upgrades or commander skills are. I mean, it's pretty playable right out of the box. So that's going to change our reload down to 4.5 seconds. Uh, if, if you're on full health, the 180 degree traverse time is going to be 22.68 seconds, which is pretty horrific uh, still. So th th I would say that's the biggest flaw in the ship is the traverse time. Uh, the survivability, your hit points is going to be up to 16,500. Concealment is going to be down to 6.28 kilometers. And the maximum speed is up to 39.9 knots. The rudder shift time being down to 3.5 seconds. Um, yeah, so there is that. And um, the uh, consumable action time or uh, reload time for uh, the smoke screens will be down to 152 seconds. Uh, for engine boost, 114 seconds. And for uh, damage con, it's going to be down to 38 seconds. So yeah, that's Anne Shan's upgrades. Like I said, pretty generic. Probably um, could figure it out just by kind of looking through the ship stats. Uh, not super difficult here. Um, however, the playstyle is kind of interesting uh, because it's basically a Russian destroyer in its playstyle, even though it's under the Pan-Asian tech tree. It's a pretty reliable destroyer, I would say. Um, pretty pretty forgiving in general because if you do end up taking a lot of damage right at the beginning of the battle, it is not a bad torpedo boat. So you can uh, just farm from smoke screens when your smoke screen is up, or you can just um, or when your smoke screen's not up, you can just uh, play torpedo boat and just try and land some hits on enemy ships. They they do do a lot of they do do they do a lot of damage or maybe not a lot of damage, but definitely a respectable amount of damage and certainly a usable amount of damage. So um, definitely good at surprising people i mean it's basically just an off sh the ship is just off the shelf i mean it's kind of like a walmart generic destroyer like that's pretty much what it is i mean it's good it's reliable i mean great for training pan-asian commanders uh and it doesn't suck like the rest of the pan-asian destroyers do uh i mean the only i guess you could argue that Silla wang is pretty decent low yang's definitely good um, <laughs> Fang Yang is terrible. It is just a worse Akizuki. It is literally awful. Don't get it. Um, yeah. So I mean, it's it's not that hard to play like the rest of the Pan Asian destroyers sometimes can be. I mean, Lo Yang, I think has to give up its uh, its smoke screen to take hydro, or no engine boost to take hydro. Uh, so you don't have to give up anything to use this uh, destroyer pretty well. So um, certainly. Certainly a plus there. Yeah, so Lo Yang is, is definitely pretty good. Uh, however, I mean, you can trade out the uh, engine boost for Hydroacoustic Search, which is certainly usable because that is a 5.5-kilometer Hydro, which is better than the Forest Sherman's Hydro. Um, yeah, so Lo Yang definitely good, but that is Tier 8. For Tier 6, I mean, I mean, Anshan's a pretty good value. I mean, it is a pretty common thing to get out of a container. There's a lot of containers that can drop Anshan. Uh, certainly not... Something to necessarily be disappointed about because it is it is a pretty good ship. It's the first ship I actually got out of a container besides a sh uh, a ship container that was designed to drop a ship. So that was pretty cool. Uh, rolled a one percent chance to drop a tier six ship out of the normal Santa container, literally first Santa container uh, that I got as part of the daily missions and got Anchan out of it. So that was a pleasant surprise. Um, should go back into uh, explaining how to play the ship, however. So yeah, Russian destroyer. Um, you can cap in this thing. It's not a terrible idea. It's probably not the best ship to cap in, just because uh, of the horrendous chart traverse time. Uh, so when you go into a cap, you're going to want to go into the cap with your guns facing one direction. 
obviously, then turn the ship so that the guns are always going to be pointing somewhat towards where the enemy ships are going to be coming from, from that opposite side of the cap, and then turn your ship around so that you're essentially backing, like, your stern is facing the enemy ships, so, and then start backing up in further into the cap circle just a little bit, and then kind of maybe, maybe stop, pretty much, right there, and so what that's going to allow you to do is it's going to allow you to effectively fight off uh, the enemy destroyers that are going to be coming into the cap because... Uh, you know, they're trying to cap as well, and then your guns are still on target, but it's also going to allow you to get out of the uh, cap quickly uh, if an enemy ship were to approach you. Um, or uh, like, a, like a large group of enemy ships were to approach you or something bad would happen. Uh, and notice that when you pop a smoke screen, as soon as that smoke screen puffs, as soon as that, uh, that smoke is laid down, you're instantly going to go undetected because the smoke screen is going to be in between you and the enemy ships, so it's going to break that line of sight and then allow you to get out of there as fast as possible. Um, rather than having to slow down and wait for the, the smoke to catch up to you and then conceal uh, you within it. So it's a more reliable way to cap, especially with, with ships that aren't as strong uh, in the close quarters gunfights uh, like the Anshan. Uh, yeah, so if caps don't work for you, if you're not going to really be capping, or if maybe in a game where the caps are just uh, too hot, you can't really get in there and contest it, uh, then you're pretty good on the flanks as well as sort of in the middle of the map as well. Uh, because of the fact that the ship is very fast in a straight line, uh, with the... Uh, with the speed boost up, I believe you can get up to, um, I think, 43, 44 knots. So that is pretty decently fast, pretty decently hard to hit. So um, that means enemy with the high-velocity main guns, it means it's going to be pretty easy to hit your targets. Um, I mean, you got your standard reload time, so um, it's not like uh, missing one or two shots is going to cost you that much uh, DPM. So yeah, uh, that's what I recommend doing. Uh, try capping. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, just maybe head out onto the flank. Don't go like way out on the flank. Like then you're probably not going to be effective because you're going to be firing things at your maximum range, which is only 11.89 kilometers. So it means that there's a high likelihood that ships will just turn and then exit your main battery range, and you'll have to spend some time uh, or waste some time repositioning. So I, I recommend going out onto the flank. Uh, but not super far flank, or going into the middle, and I don't mean the exact middle, don't try and cap B if capping C didn't work, go like just behind B, probably stay about 7 kilometers or so out of uh, B cap, or maybe a little bit less than that, maybe 5 kilometers outside of B cap, and then just try and farm things that are at C cap, see if you can get those cross shots into enemy ships, I mean that's what this thing's pretty good at, obviously uh, when your torpedoes reload, don't don't hold them, uh, this is not a ship to wait for an opportune moment to strike torpedoes. They do only have a 70 uh, second re or 79 second reload time, so I really do recommend as soon as those torpedoes are re reloaded, fire some, uh, fire them at something, even if it's preemptive. Those torpedo tubes should never be reloaded uh, because the ship really isn't reaching its full potential when you're waiting for strikes. It's not like Shimakaze, where um, there's a really long reload time, so you want to have. Uh, your best, your perfect strike off. It just keep those torpedoes uh, flowing out of the tubes. Like you shouldn't have torpedoes in the tube for maybe, or if there's ships spotted around you, uh, for maybe more than about 15 seconds or so, and then you uh, dish the torpedoes again, and just see and try and get uh, as many torpedoes in the ocean as possible. Uh, that's not necessarily the case for the guns, but definitely for the torpedoes. Um, so yeah, that's Anshan. I mean, it is pretty easy to play, pretty reliable, pretty forgiving. I mean, it's got a, 
It's got a pretty low skill floor. The skill ceiling isn't super high in Anshan, uh, admittedly, because it is it is kind of a basic destroyer. Uh, but it does teach you how to play more of a gunboat-style destroyer, more of a Soviet-like French-style destroyer, um, rather than just your uh, typical low-tier torpedo boat uh, that the uh, Pan-Asian destroyers have at low tiers, or it actually is pretty prevalent in a lot of uh, ships at low tiers. So, um, yeah. Uh, I would, I mean, I would recommend getting this ship. I mean, it's not a, it's something where, where you go out and buy it right now because it's super good and you just need to have it. But um, it's not a bad thing to have out of a drop. It's not a bad thing, you know, to spend, you know, whatever. I think it's like what fifteen dollars or less on it. I mean, it's it's really not bad. It's kind of like a Fushun with uh, no, with normal smokes and uh, normal torpedoes. So if you're not really into the the whole deep water torpedoes, but you still kind of like the Fushun. Uh, as I did, uh, then Anshan could be for you. And uh, that's going to be it for today. I did get some comments on my uh, previous podcasts um, asking for some various ships. Uh, I think Minotaur was suggested uh, by an individual as well as... Um, oh, geez, what was the other ship that was uh, suggested uh, yes, uh, HMS Minotaur and uh, USS Austin uh, was suggested by an individual. I will probably not do either of those in the near future. I'm not saying I won't do them at all. I probably will end up doing them. However, I do have a large backlog of ships that I have uh, received in my port that I do have to do reviews on at first, and I'm not very familiar with either of those ships, so it's probably not best for me to do those ships until either A, I get one of them, uh, because they do they do play kind of similar, um, or uh, actually get some information from some of my friends who uh, do have those ships. I do have a friend who has the Minotaur, although I don't know anyone immediately who has the Austin, uh, just because that's a steel ship, and, um, uh, yeah, steel ships are uh, quite difficult, we'll say, to get. Uh, if you do have any questions, comments, concerns, or suggestions, uh, who knows, maybe your suggestion will be up, end up being a ship that I do because it's uh, in my port or something like that, uh, please feel free to email me at rankamateurpodcast at gmail.com, or uh, leave a comment on the episode. But uh, that's going to be all for today. I'll see you guys in two weeks. And until next time, captains.